got to the garden party. They all knew my name. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It's good, uh, good weather for a garden party coming on. Let's hope it uh, holds out. Looks pretty good for the next uh, next couple of weeks. Actually, we're going to have some hot weather, so um, get out there and do a little watering in the morning. Make sure you do that slow, deep watering, especially trees and shrubs. I'm starting to see it, and I'm sure other garden centers are. People bring back a, a five-gallon shrub or, or something that's just crispy fried, and they go, I just it just died. It just died. And uh, typically they don't just die, they just didn't get watered enough. So just put the hose on there, slow, deep watering, get the water all the way down to the bottom. And it, uh, I'll say, it happened to myself. I, I had, uh, we got some, we planted a few shrubs, and I missed one in the corner. I planted a little sumac, and it wilted right down, and uh, I didn't get it in time. It's, I'm going to leave it, it's going to come back, it'll just lose those few leaves and come back. But, uh, yeah, if you don't get it all the way down to the bottom, you'll get that wilt, and it's hard to bring them back from that. They get the crispy fried on them, and it's not good for them. So, anyways, it will happen. So, if you are planting new trees and shrubs, or you have planted new trees and shrubs, watering is going to be very, very important over the next couple weeks. Just that slow, deep watering. Soaker hoses are great. Just a slow trickle coming out of the hose, just like just barely coming out, just a slow trickle, so it soaks in nice and slow. Uh, I mentioned that to someone last week about they had some brown spots, uh, Darlene, and she texted in there this morning. Last week's suggestion of the twenty-minute watering segments is working. Just slow deep, uh, just one day, like water for twenty minutes on your lawn. Wait an hour or two, let it soak in, and then hit it again. It just gets the water down a little deeper. If you're just doing like ten minutes at a time, once a day, it just all you're doing is just scratching the surface. So you got got to get the water down, nice and deep, nice and deep. So, I got a couple of texts already going this morning. If you'd like to join me on the phone lines, they're wide open this morning. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, what does it say here? Morning. The soil in my containers has really compacted down. I remember hearing that you should top off but not too sure. I have bags of black gold hemp. Worthroom castings also fertilized all the veggies last week, so how should I continue now? I've got huge amounts of tomatoes on several plants. Thanks. Have a great day. That's awesome, and uh, it's good. I've noticed that on my tomatoes. I'm starting to get a ton of tomatoes. Nothing's ripened yet. I've harvested a bunch of radishes. I just did one of those raised boxes this year, and a bunch of spinach, Swiss chard, and a bunch of that kind of stuff is has uh, come up. What I would do, if it's just in your containers, um, if you're going to use the hemp, just don't use a ton because it, um, it does hold a lot of water. You want to only put the most in, like 25% hemp to the rest of your soil because it'll, it'll hold too much water. Um, yeah, just break it up, pull it up, um, mix the black gold is a good one to mix in there, some hemp. Um, all three of those is great. If you're doing anything in the ground, we've been uh, testing, and I gave a load 
of our new greened up soil enhancement, um, sort of a mulch, mulch compost mixture. Um, we gave it a load to them, and I guess they're fairly impressed with it. And uh, it, it gives you that really, it gives you just that really fine mulch look without um, with some nutrients in it. So it's uh, it's great. And so we just call it the soil enhancement, green it up soil enhancement. It's in our bulk bins. We're going to be looking at bagging it up here. Um, we're just going to see how the response goes, but it's been great so far. Um, nice looking stuff. It's one that you can put two or three inches deep over top of your soil so it'll hold the weeds down as well work as a but it also works really good as a soil amendment so you can work it in and then just rake it out real nice it gives you that nice really really nice look um to your soil gives you that nice um just that sort of that moist look of your soil still getting a couple texts here on uh, kevin's the edmonton (laughs) the edmonton excuse I, i better not go there i'm uh i'm a Pretty diehard Stamps fan and dislike the Edmonton Eskimos, so I probably best not to comment on that too, too much. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. Again, if you want to join me, there's a couple spots open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to go to Hartley. Good morning, Hartley. Hi, how are you today, Merle? Good, good. How are you doing? Good, good. First okay. of all, let me thank you for uh, your advice on my uh, rhubarb plants that were turning orange earlier in the year. Yeah. Fertilized them with your green it up, and uh, boy, got rhubarb producing like crazy. Awesome. Well, <laughs> Incredible. that's good because they're, yeah, they're heavy feeders, and a lot of times that's all they need. Typically, rhubarb gets stuck in the corner, and mm-hmm. we just don't ever do nothing with them, right? So they Yeah, just... they're like little trees this year, so it's really, really good. Bumper good. crops. So. Good job. So, so my question this morning is um, my hawthorn tree. Yeah. Um, I think what it's got is something called juniper hawthorn rust. Yeah. From looking at the online, the pictures and so forth. Yeah. It's got these orange, orange. Uh, yeah, little fungus things on hanging the top, on. Yeah. And, on the, and underneath, it's got kind of a a spurry bind-looking thing, like a yeah. really looking thing. And uh, I'm wondering what I can do about it to get rid of it, or is there anything I can do about it? You basically, cut it off is one of the best things. You can treat, like, with a copper spray, yeah. but it, it's just, it's that sort of that perfect storm when you have junipers, and it doesn't always happen, but when you have junipers and also um, hawthorns close by, yeah. and sometimes it even, it'll it, when it goes on the junipers, it's almost, it looks like a big hunk of... Um, coagulated uh, syrup, like really yeah. hardened syrup, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so it affects them a little bit worse. But on on your hawthorn, yeah, you just got to cut it out. It's sort of your best bet. And like you said, if you do want to treat it, you can use like a copper spray. But it's like the whole tree is pretty yeah, badly infected. So. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, you can try treating it like next spring. Like do it before, like. Sort of here we are. I would do it like mid June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's just hard. Like so, I just clean up everything that's on there as much as you can, like the bigger pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't worry about every leaf and stuff like that, but yeah. just some of the ones where you have a bit more of the fungus, yeah. and uh, and just gather those up and. Uh, so is it too late this year to use the copper? Uh, the copper. Uh, well, fungicide? after I cut it, I would do it. Like if I cut a bunch of those off, I would definitely yeah. treat them. But so. like if I thought if I could 
spray the tree. It, like it's not gonna like you're still gonna have a bunch of those bad leaves because they won't yeah. drop all those. It won't fix yeah. the leaves, I guess. If that's yeah. if that helps. Hmm. So, so not much this year then. No, not really. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Thanks a lot again. All for right. Rhubarb point. Well, that's good. Rhubarb, strawberry rhubarb pie. There you go. Right on. All right. Thanks, Harley. Thanks, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Good always to hear back. Um, and I, I'm not too sure if this is the same person. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm did you send me a text? In... Yes, I did. I sent okay. a picture of my quack grass in my lawn. Yeah. I, I have been using your fertilizer for two years now. And I sort of hoped that it would maybe ch- choke out the quack grass, but... Obviously, that's not the case. So I wondered what you recommended. Yeah, on some of those, like if it's like you have it fairly thick in spots on the quackgrass, just looking at it, I would yeah. I would just do a bit more. Like, how often have you used the Green It Up fertilizer? Like, is, uh-huh. are you in your second application this year? Or? Yes, I've done I've done two. Okay, yes. and so you should be. I would just do a little bit more slow. Like, it looks a, a, just a bit dry, like in some of those spots closer to the driveway. Yeah, um, I actually just finished putting water on it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, again, do that slow, deep watering. Again, like do it 20 minutes and then do it in an hour or so. Do it another okay. 20 minutes just to get the water down. And okay. on this quack grass, and what happens is you probably get those, the, it dies out in the wintertime from the snow off the driveway on the sides. And a lot of times the quack grass comes back in those spots heavier. Because I kind of got the same issue on mine and beside my driveway there, where sometimes you get the little spots that die a little right. bit more over the winter. And then early spring, you got a spot, and then the quack grass seems to s- take that as an opportunity to uh, to take it over. That's not too big of a piece, but if you sort of want to measure out two feet, and and just you could even just cut it out and lay a couple pieces of sod in there. Like, just spray that with Roundup. Like, mow it, and then spray it with Roundup. Just sort of do a precise spraying and just let it die and then just cut that little section out and put a couple rolls of sod in because each roll is two feet by five feet and they're five dollars a piece so it's pretty inexpensive fix without going through a whole bunch of uh anxiety over over that so yeah but yeah but your lawn looks pretty good but i said it looks like this could use a little bit more water and then you should be good to go Sounds good. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Where are we at for time? Got a little bit more time. I think I will take one more call. I'm going to go to Arla in Olds. Good morning, Arla. Good morning, Merle. How can I, I help you? I, I have a question about what I think is a mugo pine. My okay. it was a school project of my grandson. He put it in a garden space to watch it here. It had two liters, and I... I pruned one off because it turned yellow and I'm not sure that isn't part of mogul pine development but uh, now the other one's off center and shooting up with the mugul pine can you prune both those leaders and keep it flat? And that's what I typically would recommend like when those fingers come up you know you get the big fingers sticking up on the mugos just break those in half or cut them in half half or cut them in half And that's all right if it has kind of two liters in the yeah. center. No, uh, well, because the pines, like the, the mugos are a bit more of a, a shrub. You kind of want them to ball up. Otherwise, they'll just shoot up and look kind of spindly. Right, that's what happened. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just break those fingers off. And I do that every spring. 
I got a bunch of mugos in my yard, and when they come up, I go through and I just snap all the fingers, even the ones like there's four or five, just to help thicken them up. Because if mugos get left, it doesn't take them long just to shoot up. And before you know it, you kind of have a spindly-looking tree that's hard to thicken up. So, But if you do it when they're a little bit smaller, like under the four to five feet, it, you can still get them um, to thicken up nicely. Good. Thank you very much. All right. Hope that helps. Bye. Thanks, Arla. Bye-bye. <coughs> All right, I think I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, big shout out to the pruned up guys and the landscape crews and and the guys uh, that aren't always at the store. They've been working hard, doing lots of stuff out there, making uh, making it happen out there in people's yards for them. And the pruning crew is cleaning up and and pruning trees. And the landscapers are out there uh, doing all kinds of nice stuff. We've got some great projects on the go. Planted sixty trees on a on a project this week and uh, it's looking great lots of paving stones nice little water feature all kinds of fun stuff going on out there and the green it up is uh lots of lawn fertilizer and uh, we have a fertilizer truck going out doing all the trees around town so if you need any of that it's a great time to to fertilize your trees throughout here for the next little bit still still some time to get that done and where are we at? I got all kinds of texts. I better not let that go too long. And uh, a few phone calls. I'm going to go to Peter One with the oyster shell scale. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I, uh, a couple of years ago, I planted a few crab apple trees in my uh, front yard. Two of them were purple spire, and yep. one of them was a Roththorn. Yeah, Rothstern. Yep. Yeah, and uh, my neighbor next door has. Uh, quite a large hedge that's completely covered in the in the oyster shell scale. Yeah, and I'm wondering, do I have to worry Aster. about that? Yeah. It, it, it can come over. I've seen it on not a lot of crabs, but it, it can. I've seen it on willows, um, a bit more hawthorns. Um, so just keep now. You'll see a little like little dots on the bark, but it's and it's hard because your apples actually have little dots in the in the bark that kind of look similar. Um, but these ones are a little bit more like bumps, but it, it doesn't hurt to, you can even just give them a spray um, with the pure spray green, which is, it doesn't hurt your, your apples and all that as well. It'd be nice if your neighbor would cut that right down to the ground and yeah. uh, and, and do a nice cleanup up and let it re- refurbish itself, right? So I know he won't do it, but... Um... Is it, it can I can I spray the trees now? Like, or is there a better time to do yeah, it? Yeah, usually spraying now is a little bit. It, we're past the part where they're flying. You have to do it sort of that end of um, end of June, sort of thing, mid June to end of June, depending on when they they call it the hatch. Just sort of like if you're a fly fisherman, they they have the hatch of certain bugs, and there's a little arborist for them that our boys keep an eye on and gals um, for when the hatch comes on the on the scale fly. And uh, so that's earlier on, but once it's in there, there's not like, it's hard to do anything. Um, if it's on there, you can just, you can use a, a small pressure washer or a, like a brush or a firm, uh, like a terry cloth 
you know, okay. those white ones. And I've done that, even put a little bit of the um, pure spray green mixed with water, and I just dip it in that, and I just rub the rub the cloth on the trunk if you got it. I had to do that on some willows we had just to get them off. Um, okay. So that's about it. But if you don't see anything, um, you, you should be okay for now. But maybe chat with your neighbor. Hopefully he will uh, will give in. and Because uh, it won't take long for it to look good again. If he takes it right down to the ground, um, and next spring he'll have a nice-looking hedge in no time. So. I know. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Hopefully that helps. Just keep it on it next spring and then um, sort of beginning of June to mid-June sort of have a, have a look at spraying it at that time. Alrighty, thanks a lot. Thanks, bye bye. Yeah, let's go to Pat. He's an apple tree, or he or she. Good morning, Pat. Uh, good morning. How can uh, I help you? Well, uh, I have a John Gold sapling. Okay. <laughs> what What happened was I planted it two years ago, and uh, it it had some kind of uh, a disease. Yeah. And uh, all the leaves crumpled up and got, died sort of thing. Um, but the stem and everything was still okay. But it, during the winter time, the rabbits uh, ate around the the little yeah. uh, trunk and killed the upper part. And, uh, and it came from close to the bottom, near the root. Yeah. And, uh, and it came up last year and uh it was doing just fine and uh and then during the winter again the rabbits got it yeah so this year now i know how to protect it from the rabbits but i've got three um stems coming up from just above the the uh the ground and uh and they're doing fine now what i want to know is Am I better to cut off two of them and just leave the um, energy going into yes. one? Yes. Yeah, pick the strongest one and let it go up. My only concern is that if it went below, like, was there a bend in the in the from the root to the trunk of the tree? No. Okay. Because I'm just wondering if, I'm not sure what variety, 100% for sure, if that one was grafted or not. Yeah, it doesn't look to me like it was grafted. Okay. And it doesn't look to me that it's down low enough that the, the sap the saplings are coming okay. from low enough. Because typically, like a lot of most of the apples are grafted because they 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 need to go on they graft them onto a hardy um, crab apple yeah, root. Yeah, right. Um, but it makes no difference to me uh, yeah. whether it's an apple yeah, or I would, a crab apple. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, just prune off the leave the strongest one okay. and let it go up. And I've given it rage plus a couple of times. Oh, good. Um, it's it's doing fine. Okay, I've uh, got also another product to help with the rabbits is that it's a product called Bobex, and it you sort of spray it on once a month. And during the winter time, yeah, absolutely. Winter ends and through the summer, you can spray it right on your flowers. It's not like the blood based blood based one, the plant skid. Yeah, yeah. this is a herb based product. Don't they? You can't spray it on like on the fruit and things like that, but you're not at that point no. anyways. Um, but it does work really quite well. Or if there's if it's that small, if you're using a wire cage or something like that. So okay, I've got a couple of other questions. One quick one is. Can you take cuttings from diplodemia? Um, 
I'm not 100% sure. Do you know what's the common name on that? No, I've always just Demia. called it a diplodemia. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, let me see. Let me see what it is. Oh, oh Mandeville. Yes, absolutely. I'm a I'm a retail gardener guy, so I I know <laughs> I know I know I still I focus more on of what I my chat is in the I definitely have the Latin people like um, Zoe in the store. She can uh, she can rattle off those big words like no problem. But I'm always the I'm the I'm the common name guy. Okay, so so Diplodemia is a Mandevilla, and you can definitely take cuttings from them. Um, so you'd probably need a number one rooting hormone okay. and get about two or three of the nodes and you can just cut them off and uh, these will root up actually fairly easy for you. So Very good. All right. Now the last question I have for you is I have raised garden bed in my backyard. Okay. It's a four by... Hey, actually, I'm going to just put you on hold. i got to go sure. take a break for no the problem. news. Thanks. Bye. All right. Got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Sorry, sorry. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Great uh, gardening tunes uh, by Brian today. He's going to fit in a couple. uh, We had a a staff uh, appreciation party a couple weeks ago in Canada Day, and uh, we had a... Uh, talent show called uh, Spruce It Up's Got Talent. And uh, it was pretty good. The skits that uh, we had each category, we had the courtesy guys and the cashiers and the tree lot and uh, and the merchandising and and the receiving crew and all that. So um, Brian's got a couple of tunes that he might fit in a couple um, that I sent him from... Uh, uh, from our party there, so it, it, it's uh, there's some fun ones. So, anyways, I am where I'm at. I got to go back up to Pat. Hi, Pat. Hi. Um, well, my my last question, uh, Merle. Yeah. Um, I have a huge um, evergreen in the backyard uh, spruce. Yeah. Uh, about forty feet tall or so. It, its roots take up the whole backyard. There's no soil. Yeah. Uh, but we put in a four by four by two um, raised garden bed. Yeah. Now the roots from the tree are coming up into the um, raised bed and usurping all the goodness out of the soil. Yeah. So what happens is because that's where the moisture and the nourishment is. So right. there. So what you got to do is either try and. You could do a root pruning just out from your bed or for water a bit more. Out for the tree, like give the tree more water so it does not go searching like that? If I take all the soil out of the 4x4 four four and uh, put down something... No, won't do anything. It'll come right through it. It'll come right yeah, through Yeah, fabric or anything. I've seen tree roots come right through asphalt. So. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. that ends yeah, that a idea. Bit, yeah, a little bit of fabric ain't going to do anything, so... <laughs> Okay. You're after you go. You're dealing with a with a hungry tree, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get your point. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Great. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Well, uh, first time caller, by the way. No, I appreciate appreciate you calling. That's nice. 
I do listen to your show a lot, and it's about time I called because I have a, a creeping problem. Yeah, those creeping bellflowers. Yeah, yeah, I hear they're, uh, yeah, I actually got a little information from uh, one of the city gardeners over at Carbon Park, and she kind of, uh, you know, uh, waved some red flags on me there because they're, yeah. Anyway, well, they're super invasive, right? And that's the problem. Um, are they in your grass or in the beds or in the back alley or in the in the beds? Well, in the beds and and creeping into my lawn. Uh, well, not just creeping. I think uh, I kind of seeded a few years ago. There, I haven't taken care of my yard for a few years, and uh, because of some family matters, and uh, let things go. And uh, the the bellflowers were so pretty. I thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, and then I realized that, oh, they're, they're really... Well, on these hot days come up, it's it's kind of a good time to go at them. So in your lawn, I would use Kill-X. Oh, it, okay. Um, okay. With the 2,4-D. And yep. I, would, I would also, to get your lawn in shape to help battle that, I would fertilize your lawn with our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. It'll help choke out some of those. Um, but first, I would just get the Kill-X... Um, and just spray those uh, purple or the creeping bellflower, and you can use the Killex in the beds as well. And it's good when it's getting in these warmer days. So just spray it in the morning, give them all a good shot. But you might have to do it two or three times because they're pretty, um, pretty, uh, pretty hardy little weeds. Those things. So. Well, how about the? Uh, I mean, they got some of them. Uh, I, I've I've dug the roots out. I prepared a good garden bed this spring. Yep in the ground and uh, I realized that some of these roots are, are like a, a ginseng. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, parsnips, uh, you know, they're huge. And so the Killex will actually get down. Yeah, it'll get right down. It's a, it's not just a burner. It's not one that just burns. It gets, it, it's a systemic. So, but it won't kill your grass, which is nice. So you can use it in that, in those areas. So the garden, uh, I'll just leave the garden alone because I can dig that up. And, yeah, and yeah, you can. But you can use them in the like a veggie garden. I would just dig them if that's what it is for sure. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. How about uh, um, the green it up? Uh, I, a few calls ago, there you mentioned uh, rhubarb. A guy put uh, 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 green it up on the rhubarb. Well, yeah, he was he was using our water soluble. I believe, if I remember correctly, we recommended for him to use like the twenty 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 or the thirty ten ten. We have a few. Uh, green it up is my brand, and then we have some water solubles. And I, what I did is I brought back. Um, one of the bigger lawn fertilizer companies changed all the numbers, and there's some really good ones that they, for some reason, they decided to change, like 30-10-10, 20-20-20, 15-30-15. I really like those, and they're good, so I brought them back in, into my own brand of fertilizer, and uh, so that's the water-soluble, so that's for your plants and things like that, and then I also have the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, which is a granular, and it's the only one out there that has like a 16326 high middle number for the roots so you water way less and it actually gets you it nice and thick and it'll choke out all kinds of weeds and things so oh really eh? yep. okay okay and uh, that's probably good for the mountain ash i got a mountain ash in front and back absolutely probably, yeah, yeah. yeah little, on that one you'd use the 202020 or the 153015 okay Alrighty. I thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go gardening. When you've got worries, all the plants and the flowers seem to help, I know. Gardening. Cruise it down, you spruce it up and get there really early. <laughs> That's, uh... That's Lori and Suzanne, uh, and they were the winners of uh, Spruce It Up's Got Talent, and uh, very creative, and uh, good job, ladies, on that one. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I have to turn this into our jingle somehow and figure out how we can do that. Is It was fun. Uh, lots of good times, uh, and uh, good hard work by everybody this season. So, again, thank you guys so much. For everything, and uh, we have a great team down there at the at the garden center. And uh, if you need any help, they always love working with everybody. We're pretty lucky to be in the business we are. They come down and and uh, and uh, usually just looking for for help for solutions, which is nice. All right, I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going to read a few texts because um, it makes it a little bit easier if I can go through quickly and. We have an eight-year-old oak tree. The developer planted them all in our community in Quarry Park. Our tree has been looking sickly and has orange spots and also seem to be little acorns in our tree is dying. Yeah, they get a fungus on those oaks, um, and you can treat them with a fungicide, but what's really important, though, is with those two is to give them a really good watering because they're slow to come up. And then I would just fertilize with a 15, 30, 15 on those. Um, really concentrate on the roots. Because um, it oaks aren't aren't um, native to our area. So they just need that little extra help and getting a good root system. Because they're so slow, those heavy, heavy wood. And, uh, and also, if it's really quite bad, I would look at uh, giving them a prune it up, a call, and have Mark come out and have a look at it. And uh, and see what he can do for you on that one. I'll have to get him on the on the on the radio here to give me a hand on chat with a bit about about all that stuff that's going on. But right now I'm going to go back to the phones and we're going to chat with Riva Las Vegas. How you doing, Riva? Good. How are you doing, dear? Good. Good. How's things out there on the homestead? It is so gorgeous. Isn't Shelter it? Shelter belt is in check. Awesome. Very healthy. Um, yeah, it's lovely. We're just weeding. Ugh. But, um, <laughs> Never ends, eh? Yeah. So my question is, next year, Yes. because we're done. We're done. Everything is lovely in the yard and everything. We want to do pretty trees down our driveway, and you know how long yeah. it is, like on that one yeah. side. And I don't want to do lilacs. I've got enough of those in. I could intersperse some, I suppose. Yeah. But what do you think, like, of I, the, the really, cherries and... No, what I really that? like are the gladiator crab apples. Like, for rows, oh. we just use them as a row tree on another little project out your way. I love putting them, and we alternated some Rosthorns and uh, gladiators, but I, I love it. It just, because they give okay. you that nice pillar effect, you get the nice pink flowers, and they're hardy. Like, they just... I haven't Excellent. seen a lot of them die back at all. Like, they've been just really, really good. Like, so, yeah. Great I idea. The gladiators and the Rotherns yeah. or whatever. If Rothern. you want to alternate between purple and, and a white flower, um, that, um, they just, 
we also got these columnar, and I was going to talk about this, is these columnar spruce. They get about five feet wide. They're called North Pole Spruce. And I've been working with um, Casey, one of our growers, on this, bringing them in for hedging. But they also make great trees for that in-between. Like if you went if you went Rosthern, a North Pole Spruce, Ross, or I mean a Gladiator Rock, and a North Pole spruce sort of alternate. That way you get some evergreen color going up the driveway, but it gives you oh, that, cool. yeah, yeah, you know, that uh, cypress look that you see, like sort of gives you that nice, it, just, it makes the driveway look really nice. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, what was that spruce one he called again? The They're called North, North Pole spruce. North Pole, you bet. Yeah. Awesome. All righty. Okay, thanks, dear. Have a good All right. one. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, and we're at, uh, let's go to Heather. Good morning, Heather. Morning, Merle. I uh, just want to say thank you so much for your show. Um, you've really helped me. I've got a little quarter acre lot in North Calgary, and I'm a BC girl, and over these years, you've really helped me uh, take care of that properly in a new climate. So thanks for that. Awesome. No, and that's great, and thank you so much. But it is, there's things, it is different, but there's lots of things we can do here if you get the right advice, the right plants. Um, and I think that's the problem. Sometimes you'll get off on the wrong foot and you start yeah. out. And, uh, and but we like we can grow gorgeous, uh, especially out in Bears Pie. I've done lots of landscaping out there and created some gorgeous gardens out there. So it's just getting the right ones to get the look you're looking for. So awesome. Yeah, yeah, great. So I've got a vegetable garden do- going well. Um, my greenhouse and the tomatoes are are doing great. But my problem is every year... I put a few peppers in there, yeah. and uh, and I get the aphids, and and they just sort of pop up out of nowhere. And so I had them so bad one year that I ended up burning all the pepper plants, and it, that was like got back from vacation, <laughs> and it was just too far gone. Yeah. But they just started again this year. This will be four years in a row. I'm wondering what I can do preventatively. You can, there's a couple things you can do is you can get the um, ladybug. In there, yeah, okay, and they work good. Um, the other thing is is uh, pure spray green, like it it works. You sort of start when just when all the new growth really gets going, sort of the beginning of July. So that's sort of when the aphids come in, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I just give them a shot, like sort of once a week with the pure spray green, because they come in in cycles and they're. Um, like they they almost like they're born pregnant and they this so every five days they'll hatch out. So mm-hmm. if you if you get them a, get them on a little bit of a spray program and it works really good for powdery mildew as well. So it's it's a great product and it's safe. Okay. It's like it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. So okay. and it's developed from a, a Alberta company, Suncor, so Canadian company. So it, it's it's a great one. So great. Okay, what's the name again? Pure Spray Green. Pure spray green. Okay, that's excellent. And then the last real quick question yep. is just, uh, I was listening on the rhubarb, the couple of callers there. When is the best time to fertilize? Um, Mine seems to go to seed too early. Yeah, and, and make sure you cut the seed. If you start seeing that seed thing, I've cut it off. Um, but typically you want to fertilize those like first of June sort of thing, mid-May, like when they're just really coming and forming their leaves, you want to get a good fertilizer in there and good water. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. And I'm going to do one more quick one here on the text first. Good morning, Merle. My mock orange is absolutely wonderful this year. And I've noticed that. They look beautiful. So if you're seeing big shrubs with big white flowers just looking gorgeous, um, that is typically the mock orange. Only I wish we could get a few more of these shrubs that would bloom a little bit longer. We get a week to two weeks out of them, and unfortunately, that's uh, that's about it. So I have read that it blossoms on last year's growth. So the next year, would you suggest I prune a foot and a half to new branches so they don't break over the winter? Yeah, as soon as it's done blooming, I would just trim it up a bit, just sort of even it up, shape it up, and uh, and do that. It, it it'll help keep it and create a nice big ball for you. And this. So just on that new growth that you see where the bloom is, just give it a quick little, just trim it up so it's, uh, just tighten it and it'll thicken right up for you because they, they, they are wonderful shrubs and they're usually quite fragrant. So it's one of the ones that's still quite fragrant. So a very, very nice shrub. And I'm seeing powdery mildew spots on a new Cupertina 9 bark. What should I do? Again, Pierce Ray Green works phenomenal for that. Um, I know the Chris in the tree lot, she uses it out there. She has a bottle if it pops up here and there because we do water overhead at night um, for our pots in the nursery. So we get powdery mildew once in a while, but she keeps it contained with that really, really well. And uh, just usually need two applications, two or three applications at the most, and it works good. And it'll also look after those aphids because uh, the aphids do like the nine barks. So and let's go to Fred. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. I'm calling about my 25-year-old mountain ash. Yeah. And uh, I've cut off two branches. Uh, they were five foot long each. Uh, and when I noticed one of them, uh, when it was on the ground, it had a black blight on it. Yeah. Uh, and Was it uh, on the tip of the... No, it was in the middle. Okay, okay. And I thought, what the heck? That's the first time I've had that blight on my mountain ashes. Yeah, but they're fairly susceptible, especially when it's really wet, like we've had too. Yeah. Um, so they they do get the fire blight. So just um, when you prune the branch off, did you take it right to the trunk or leave a stump or? Oh, um, I I left a, about an eight inch stump, but I the, the, everything was dead about a foot ahead of that. Yeah. So take that eight inches off as well. So this you'll see yep. go right to the end of the eight inches where it meets the big trunk. Right. And you'll see a little bit of a um, we, we call it the collar. So you yep. want to you want to you want to prune it to about a centimeter out past that collar. Okay. And uh, and at that point, I would give it a spray with a fungicide. I would use like either a copper spray or something like that. Sure. And just uh, and that'll make sure there's no blight in that in there. Let it heal properly. If you leave that stump, that'll just die back anyways, and it'll it'll just invite all kinds of disease and stuff into your tree. So yeah, I was going to watch that because uh, yeah, don't even yeah, just make sure you get a nice saw, make a nice clean cut, just like I said, a centimeter out from that collar. Right now, okay. why would why would my backyard mountain ash? Uh, one's an American and one's a Russian, but the. Uh, uh, the one in the backyard, it doesn't have the same dying off of branches. Yeah. I'm not sure. Are we allowed to comment on Russians and Americans during the mountain ashes right now? Maybe yeah. there's some conspiracy going on back yeah. there. Okay. <laughs> the, and one of your callers about his mountain ash, you recommended a fertilizer. But after 
20 years, is there any point of fertilizing them? Oh, absolutely. Because they, really? yeah, because that's how you get nice, healthy trees. Like, it's totally, we do deep root fertilizing for, for big trees, especially because there's nothing left to them, right? And our soil has nothing down there. So, deep watering, and that's what happens with a big, a lot of our big canopy trees you'll see around Calgary and some of the old areas, they get neglected and neglected, and, and then they start dying off. So absolutely, when we bring those big trees into our lawns or into our homes, um, and then their smaller yards, and then they've used up all the soil and any nutrients left in there, you definitely got to help them along. Okay, fifteen thirty fifteen for your mountain ash, or okay. get our deep root injection guys out. But slow deep watering on that as well, and you should be good. Thanks very much. All right, thanks, Fred. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And I'm going to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Um, getting lots of, a few pictures on a few little weeds coming in. Um, in. In your lawn, you're going to get it again this time of year when they've come and they've, and they, uh, they're, they've re-germinated. They're doing their thing again. Um, 240D Killex is a great one. I just spot spray if you do get any weeds through it. But again, I'm hearing so many people, if they're using the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, how their weeds are disappearing. So again, fertilize um, three times a year with the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. It will help choke out. Um, and if your grass is in real rough shape, give it a little extra, go a little heavier the first couple times just to get the food down into it, and uh, you'll see a big, big difference in your lawn. And uh, and then just spot spray with the odd one with uh, Killex, and don't do it in the heat of the day. The best time's out, go out in the morning as it heats up, it'll take that in, and away they'll go. They'll shrivel up really quickly and uh, and be done. But let's go, Ooh, speaking of that, we'll go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Mar. How you doing? Good, good. You got some clover. Yeah, it's uh, gotten kind of bad this year. I've got patches in my backyard, patches on my front. And uh, what do you do to get rid of that stuff? Um, I was just talking about that clover. You can use the Killex on it. Um, it it will clean it right up, and it won't kill your grass. It's a selective herbicide. It's a broadleaf herbicide. And get the get a bottle of Killex and just. Spray it onto the clover and yeah, don't have to worry about the grass? No, don't have to worry about the grass at all. Like I said, it's a selective herbicide. Make sure you don't use Roundup. I had a customer send me some pictures a couple days ago. They used the Roundup. My, the son-in-law yeah. was helping out, and he grabbed the Roundup and thought that would be the way to go. Um, so it's just Killix. You can get yeah, that anywhere. Killix. Yeah, most places, yeah, we have it down. And then I would also just recommend using our Green Up Lawn Fertilizer. It will help choke out any of that clover as well, so it makes a big difference. Yeah, and, I uh, I can't put fertilizer down on the ground. We just got a new uh, puppy, so I'm not putting any stuff on the ground this uh, this this summer, anyway. Yeah, but next summer it, 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 and it's fine for dog. Like long as like you say, you, if you just sprinkle it in, water it in, it it works its way down instantly for dogs. So it's it's oh, yeah. there's no worries yeah. at all. But, but totally, the Killex, you can just spray that on there and not worry about it. Well, no Killex, you got to be a little bit more careful. The dog should stay off it for 48 hours. Yes, yes, okay. But that's where if the fertilizer is way safer. So if you wanted to fertilize, and yeah. that'll help choke it out, and uh, and then I'd hold off maybe on the on the Killex until you have a bit more time. Where the dog is, you can keep them off for 48 hours. For sure. Okay, Earl. Thanks All right. very much. Thanks, okay. Bill. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
All right. Where are we up for time? We're good. We're going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I hope you can tell me, uh, first of all, about Autumn Joy Sedum. I have uh, a number of them, which I had before, and they were in a different place. They grew not very tall. So I planted them in front of some uh, Concord barberry that yeah. only about 18 inches. Well, it happens that they just love their new place. <laughs> yeah. They have grown way taller. Um, yeah, yeah they typically should be behind the Concord because they get in that 18 to 24 inches high when they like their, where they're growing. Yeah, so how tall, first of all, do Concord a barberry get here in Calgary? They stay under a foot for the most part, like 12 oh. Yeah, they're, okay. they stay, they're that, they're a great little border. They're a great front plant because they stay nice and tight and they just look awesome. If they like where they are, they look so good. One of our most popular shrubs. Okay, so I unfortunately put them behind the, um, the autumn joy. Did you just plant I, this stuff this year? No, no. I planted, okay. this is their third year and I thought, that maybe they would. Well, if you just put the Autumn Joy this year, um, you probably could still move them without too much problem. Uh-huh. Just do it on a cool day, rainy day, um, or to wait till fall or early, early spring next year. I was wondering if I cut them back, the Autumn Joy. No. Back, they, no. Well, because then you'll lose the blooms and all that too, That's right? That's what I wondered, yeah. Yeah. No, they're getting ready. They, they're setting up. Like They're a fall bloomer. So those are ones yeah. that you stick in the back in that nice little pocket. They grow to that uh, 18 to 24 inches. And then you get that nice big pink bloom in the fall, like coming into August, September. Yes, they're very, they're very, very nice at that point. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, unfortunately, I, I'm pretty sure right. there's a dwarf variety as well, um, a smaller. I don't, I don't care if I have them particularly. There are sedum that are short. I know that. Oh yeah, there's lots. But autumn joy is such a nice plant, just because it gives you that fall color, which will, mm-hmm. which we tend to miss out on. So, yeah. But yeah, the concord should be just a border plant in front, like it's mm-hmm. one that's sort of in that uh, twelve inches sort of thing. Yeah. So in Calgary, it never gets to 18 then? Um, no, I always, on the tags, I, I, I minus 25% off, like, in the first while. Because it takes, like, in ideal growing conditions, that's where you're going to get, like, in Kelowna. But in Calgary, I always take, like I said, 15 to 25% off and sort of plant it that way. Yeah, I'll just have to take, I think what I'm going to have to do is move the sedum and move the Concord bar, bar, bar And both those move really quite easily. Like the the sedum don't have huge root systems, and then the the Concord as well. If you just, I would do it early, early spring though. Like don't do it midsummer, yeah, or in the fall. But just make sure you water them good in the fall. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you for your advice. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, that's uh, it's unfortunate when you when you plant things in the wrong spots and it doesn't work out for the most part. But I've moved lots of things and uh, usually they survive. You just make sure you water them well and continue on with that. I'm going to go to Larry. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. 
Well, I've been using your Green It Up lawn fertilizer, and it works great. And awesome. And it gets the, uh, the lawn going really good. But starting in July, I start getting the lawn pests, and they uh, kind of... Uh, chew that lawn down and by august it looks like uh, it's fall already so i was uh are you continuing on like do you do the watering yes okay yep. um you might have i just get that checked you might have the cinch bug in there and if it's if it's this loving it um we have these nematodes in right now that you can apply to those areas and they get in there and they get rid of those cinch bugs okay what about pure spray green you can use that as well um do a soil drench on it and uh, sort of do it like this week and then do it again in a week. Like, uh, uh, yeah. like hook it to the end of your hose like in the sprayer yep. and give it a really good soil drench. Okay, now uh, I, I got some information and it said the rate should be uh, uh, 100 milliliters per 5 liters. Yep. Now that would mean that to set the sprayer at uh, 20 yeah, it depends what sprayer you have. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, they all have different calibrations. Yeah, well, the one that I have shows... Uh, uh, 20. Milliliters per liter. Yeah. So that would be 20, right? Yeah. And that's not too strong? Nope. Okay. Nope. That's what I wanted to know. I, I did a spray, but I did it lightly. I thought I heard on one of your broadcasts that you were talking about five. Yeah, it really depends on, on what... what um, what sprayer you have too, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, then uh, twenty would uh, not hurt. Yeah, the just lawn do it in the morning, though. Like, do it uh, first thing in the morning. Give it a good soil drench. Get close. Like, don't stand too far away. Okay. Like, get right down and give it a good soil drench. Okay. And uh, is dew a problem in the morning? No, that's perfect. Okay. Excellent. That's what I needed to know, Merle. All right. Thanks, Larry. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks. All right. And. And it is that time of year where we start getting these questions are going to come up. Good morning, Dean. Good morning. How are you, Merle? Good, good. How can I help you? I've got some potato boxes that I built last year. Yep. And I put some soil in them last year. Now, this was soil that we harvested from our own yard. Um, and I, I didn't really enrich it, which I should have. Uh, the potatoes didn't come up really well, and when they did come up, they had really deformed leaves. Okay. So, so this year, I enriched the soil, um, put them in, and they came up. The leaves looked really good for about two weeks, and now I've got this deformed leaf again. And I also noticed that I've got it on a tomato plant on the other side yeah. of the yard, and it was... Uh, it was not soil from our own property. The reason I mentioned the soil from my own property is because we had sprayed a couple of years ago, sprayed Grazon. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there was a residual, but for it to do it again this year and again, not on soil that... Are the, are the leaves on the tomatoes and that and the potato, are they kind of like curling in and turning hard? like? Yeah. It just, it reminds me of unfortunately of, of if someone gets arthritis in their hands really bad it sort of just crinkles up. That's exactly what it looks like. On yeah, the I don't. And yeah, it's a fungus that you have going on. So um, you need to do. Unfortunately, those and it's quite contagious. You just need to um, get rid of that. Uh, throw those tomatoes out. You can't cure it. Um, okay. At that point, they're done. 
and uh, it's a blight that's in your potatoes and tomatoes, unfortunately. Um, can you rotate the crop? Because even if it was in the box, um, I'd probably just do a real good get rid of the soil again, maybe do a, a sterilization of that and just rotate it somewhere else if you can, like do another box or something else. It's 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 unfortunate you get that in there because it and if it what happens if you if you happen to touch a tomato or the potato and you go over and touch the other one it spreads quite easily so okay so just a sterilization get rid of yeah. the dirt start over yep yeah okay. unfortunately and especially and the tomatoes just get rid of them throw them in a bag like don't put them in your compost or anything just throw them right into a garbage bag right into your compost if you have one of those green bins that the city picks up um, yeah. dump it into there. Okay, thank All right. you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had a couple times where that's happened. As soon as I see that uh, gnarled look, it's um, I just uh, I just chuck them out because you can't fix it. And it, it's quite a nasty little thing, and it's quite, um, quite invasive. And I just got Claudia sent me a picture of her spruce tree, and she just has the brown things, and the new growth is coming. And Claudia, I wouldn't really worry about it a whole lot. What I would just say is that you need to just do some slow, deep watering. It's grown. Those were just freeze-dried needles and that from from before, and uh, it's grown out of it. You can see the new growth all on the tips is fine. And so just make sure those big spruce are getting a really good slow, deep watering. And then I would also feed them with 30-10-10. And you still have time right now to give them one more good feeding on those and uh, those big trees just need a little bit of help. They just need a little bit of uh, of water and uh, and a little bit of uh, food, and they'll be able to grow right out of that. And I'm going to give away a gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK to the second caller. If you want to call in, and if you could use a $100 gift card, call us in. And Brian will take your name and number and we'll get you a $100 gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And uh, it's a great little service. They'll come right to your house, pick up all your stuff, and away you go. All right. And I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Lester Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I also want to wish my wife, it's her birthday today, so happy birthday, Carolyn. Hope you have a great day. We're going to barbecue a little later, hang out with the kids, and uh, I think your mother's coming over. So uh, happy birthday to Carolyn. And uh, I won't say how old she is, but she still looks great. Nice and young looking, so it's all good as we get into our, uh, it's hard to believe that when you get over 50, in my head, I still think I'm uh, 18, so uh, she gets to put up with that, so lucky for her. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we better go to something else before I get into trouble, which we don't need. We're going to go, what is... Is the top? What is happening? I got a picture of a of a branch of a spruce tree. It says, "What is happening to this branch?" It happened a few years ago on top of the tree, and it's contagious. Can you comment? If it was on the top, 
Um, I think it just looks like one that got um, died. Just this died. I would just cut that off. If it was on the top, I would think it would be weevil. So I would uh, definitely um, cut. Just cut that off. Spruce trees don't come back like when they're totally brown or dead like that. New leaves won't come on or new needles. So I would uh, I would just uh, cut that off and uh, and that will help the tree. It won't use its energy towards uh, towards uh, trying to revive that. And it says hi hi guys. I have four Swedish aspens I put in last year. Two have taken well, but the one that looked the best before leaves. Um, as nothing. One of the other has grown large leaves on the bottom third and a few black spots. What it is, is they got freeze-dried last September. I've seen so much. Even ours at the store, I just had our pruned-up guys come in and we pruned the tops off. Um, we just had... Uh, it was a hard winter on aspens um, because they have so much moisture and they're growing so fast into September. And then when we got that minus... 20 whatever almost minus 15 to 20 in some spots in calgary it just freeze dried and it just breaks apart the tissue in the in the in the branches and it just it just kills parts of the tree so a lot of that you just have to cut out you can try using um rage plus on it and see if that'll help but you're getting a little bit late right now and the black spots could be a little bit of fungus but right now i would just concentrate on removing the dead wood and especially when you start seeing real big, big leaves, that's just this time of year when they start storing their energy and uh, and they they set those up like a big uh, solar panel to bring in more of that uh, good vitamin D for them. So, And I just want to mention, we brought in a bunch of, I keep getting asked for a columnar spruce. And there is their Norway columnar spruce. It's not quite as hardy. It's pretty good. Um, but I've been working, I was saying earlier with Casey, he's one of our growers that works with us and he, we have this North pole spruce and it's phenomenal. It gets about four or five feet wide, can go 20 feet high. It works great as a hedge or a privacy screen and it grows quite quickly. Like you're getting a foot to two feet of growth a year on some of these once they get rooted in and we got them in and they're already ten, or six feet high. So if you're looking for something that's a little bit more evergreen or add a little bit of evergreen punch and a couple of color or areas in your yard, you just want to add a little bit of evergreen color. If you have all deciduous trees in your yard, you need to, if you have a narrow spot or smaller spot where a spruce tree is too big, these North Pole spruce are phenomenal. And they're bright green. They're just super healthy. They're awesome. So, and... Got one more text here. Good morning, Merle. I bought an Annabelle hydrangea from you a month ago. I'm not too sure how often to fertilize. With those, they fertilize 15, 30, 15. Um, the blue or Annabelle the first year don't always look great um, when you transplant. But you, if, if if some of the leaves and some of the things aren't looking great, just cut them back. It'll set up new stuff from the bottom. But use 15, 30, 15 and your Annabelle. And then next year, you'll see it just take off like crazy and it should be great. Okay, where are we at for time? Actually, here we are at the bottom of the hour already. You've got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with 
Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How can I help you? I'm asking again about my Hoya plant. I talked to you maybe two months ago, and you told me to get the, um, the fertilizer, and I did. I'm trying to make it bloom. It's an old plant. It's growing like crazy. It's a hawthorn or? No, my Hoya. Okay. Oh, sorry. It says Hawthorne on the thing here. Yeah, well, I got a little problem with that. Too. Okay. <laughs> okay, the Hoya, um, do you have it in a nice sunny spot? Yeah, it gets sun quite a bit of the day. It, it's putting out lots of leaves, and I keep cutting those off, the suckers that it puts out. And it's it's really growing up my wall, and it's doing fine, but it just won't bloom. And what are you fertilizing with? I got that one you told me. The 15, 30, 15? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. And I, I do it about twice a month. Okay, and that should be good. I would just think, um, and have you, tran- did it get transplanted? I transplanted it maybe, oh, it's, it's, quite big. I transplanted it about maybe three years ago. Okay, so that, that that's fine. Um, I would just I would be a bit patient. They're not ones that are known for their lots of blooms. Like I think they'll do it once or twice a year. So you just have to wait into the cycle. It might be just a certain light that it's waiting for. Some of them bloom at certain times. They're, like, they're a lot like the Christmas cactus. You know, like they only bloom twice a year. So it's hard to force them to bloom. So it, it's waiting for the right amount of light, and it'll trigger it to to get into the blooming stage. So just now that you're on this cycle, just be a little bit more patient, and hopefully you'll get something here soon. Yeah, I'm not a very patient gardener. <laughs> Who is? Hey. But uh, okay, I'll keep honestly on some of those like the Hoyas, like I said, they're they're. Like you said, it's sort of a once a year where it'll bloom. It doesn't. They don't send them out a ton, right? So. Yeah, I know, but they. I'd like to see it bloom one more time. Yeah. But is it okay to keep cutting those suckers that it sends out? To keep cutting them off. Yeah, but just make sure they're not anything to do with any of the blooms either. Though that's my only other concern. Well, I cut them off before they get any leaves or anything on yeah. them. Yeah. Why don't you try and leave a couple and see what happens? Well, they grow more. It's, they're taking. It's growing around the corner of my kitchen wall now. Yeah. So it's it's it, it's a nice plant. It looks pretty. It's nice and shiny, but it. I just like to see it bloom. Okay. But I'll try and have more. Patience. Yeah, just be a little bit more patient and see what happens. Let me know. But yeah, I will. Thank uh, you. Hoth, can I just ask you about sure. my hawthorn? Sure. The leaves. It's. I see. It's got a little red bug in there, tiny, tiny, on the leaves, and they're curling up. Yeah. Um, Hawthorns get a lot of... issues with their leaves. They're not one that just stays perfect. And this time of year, we're seeing so much of that on a lot of our leaves. Like some of it could just be hail. There's little bugs that get in there. But the hawthorns are one that get, um, uh, they get all kinds of little leaf issues. So if you're looking for that perfect foliage plant um, without treatment, the hawthorns are a little bit tougher. So make sure you're 
fertilizing properly again with that 15 30 15 and the slow deep watering will help for sure yeah okay it won't they won't kill it though no no it's just more aesthetics unfortunately yeah okay good thank you so much thank you bye-bye bye and uh, and we get a lot of that at this time of year is the like I said, aesthetics on the leaves. So we can't just spray for everything. And I, I wish there was a magic spray for, for a lot of the stuff. Like some of it's just that heavy rain, um, cycles of caterpillars go through, um, certain soil conditions, um, especially because a lot of these trees and shrubs aren't, are not um, native to this area. So we've brought them in. And unfortunately, with a lot of the, the, the bugs that they've gotten rid of, or the past pesticides that they've gotten rid of, we've had a harder time keeping control of a lot of these things, which is good and bad because some of the stuff I'm glad they took off the market, but some stuff would be nice to have like neem oil and a couple of these things that are really helpful in, in gardening. So let's go to Lil. Good morning, Lil. Oh, good morning. <clears throat> how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. How can I help you? Um, I had some have some uh, savoy cabbage plants. Yeah. I got six, and two of them have uh, look like they're really under distress. They wilted and turned yellow and uh, have died. And I have another one that's looking the same way. What is wrong with them? Did, are they in pots or in the ground? In the ground. Okay. The only thing I really think of is, have you done anything to the soil? Like, Have you uh, revitalized the soil? Well, they had uh, sea soil and cattle manure put okay. on the soil before when the garden was dug. Okay, this year. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I maybe I'm just thinking you possibly could have killed them with a bit of kindness, um, and and maybe just I'm not sure about the watering. That would be my couple things. When you have that much manure and and things like that, you could have added a bit too much. Well, it wasn't a real heavy apple. Okay, and it turned over. The only other thing, like when I see cabbage going sort of on the yellowing, wilting, a lot of times it's just underwatering. Like they, they do take a fair bit of water. Looking beautiful with all the rain we've had. Yeah. And but I have water in between. Yeah, it's just when it does heat up, we just got to make sure we continue on the watering because yeah. they are fairly heavy feeders once they get going, too. So that would be my one concern. And they're in a nice warm spot, I think you said. Yes. Yeah. I would just say more consistent water and just pull a few of those leaves off and just make sure you're doing that slow, deep watering. Because a lot of times, even the, the rains that we've had, there's been a couple of really good deep rains, but a lot of the rains we've had are just those like 20 minutes and it just gets the top um, half inch wet. It doesn't get down into the root system. So we got to do that. Still got to do that slow, deep watering. Well, we have a uh, weeping hose in the garden. Okay. And that's how it gets watered with weeping holes in between. So it is deep watered beside the plants. And okay. I just wondered if it had some kind of... It doesn't sound like that. To me, it sounds like just a little bit of inconsistent watering. Just needs a bit more water. Okay. All righty. Yep. Thanks. Thank you. Bye, Lil. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to Peter. Good morning, Peter. 
Good morning. How can uh, I help you? Uh, I have a question about a blueberry plant I have. Okay. Yeah, it's in uh, kind of uh, partial sun and uh, uh, on the south side of a uh, kind of a rock wall, and it's uh, and it's yellow and and uh, stays kind of yellow. I, I hesitate to say it's healthy, but it's uh, not losing any leaves and it's producing uh, uh, flowers and uh, and and fruit, um, but it uh, never. It never gets away from yellow and red color. Yeah, and and you'll find that in 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 Calgary when you're gro- trying to grow blueberries and things like that, they will get a bit more of that. It's drier here, and they do like a bit more acidic soil. Like they do like the thirty ten ten fertilizer as well. Okay, good. Um, so that would be one thing I would add. And you can also add like the micronized iron and stuff. Like they do like it a little bit more acidic. Uh-huh. And what's the, so the micronized iron will, will change the acidity of the soil. For yeah, it'll help, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, uh, but it's not unhealthy. Uh, it no, just, it's it, fairly it normal work, with a lot of our, with a lot of our fruit-bearing shrubs that I see that, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for your help. All right. Well, it's good to see you've got uh, blueberries going. Do you usually get a decent harvest? Well, it's, it's small. It's two years old, and it really hasn't uh, grown very big yet, so... Uh, uh, it has twice as many berries as last year, but uh, I was thinking it was unhealthy and should be growing a lot better than it is, and I wondered if... Uh, no, you're you're doing great to even get blueberries going in Calgary. It's just, again, it's a, you don't see a lot of blueberry farms here. No, you if sure don't. If they were easy to grow, you see Saskatoons or Haskup berries yeah. um, where you get a lot more fruit. I wouldn't spend time, I wouldn't try and grow a, a farm here, but to get no. the odd one... Um, if you're looking to get a bit more fruit out of something, like I like the Haskup berry. I call it like the Alberta blueberry. So. Yeah, great. I, I know about that one, too. Awesome. So, uh, thanks a lot for your help. I All right, it. take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Oh, hi. Um, yes, I have a, a mint, a herb mint plant in a, a half-oak barrel. Yeah. Stuart is... It's like a bush now. It's really growing well. I was wondering, can I leave that in the barrel and um, give it... Yeah, if it's in a barrel, a lot of times I've seen mint survive. Oh, it, I've tried it in the garden. I've never had any luck with it. Yeah, I even just leave it outside, water it really well in the fall, or even just cover a little bit of mulch. And can I leave it in the barrel, though? It's, it's full yeah, of- I've seen mint survive in barrels and things like that, because it's quite oh. a big pot. Right. Yeah, it's a whole half oak barrel. It's yeah, full, full, but yeah, full. which is great. So they should be fine. So just cover it then with something. Or? Yeah, put a little bit of mulch, water them in really well, and okay. you should be good. Okay, that's wonderful. Nice to hear. Thank All you right. very much. Thank yeah. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, let's go. We got a bit of time. We're going to go to Kim. Hi. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. I was trying to find out what's more effective for uh, reducing tree suckering, to take out the suckers as soon as they appear or let the tree expend a lot of energy into growing the sucker and then taking the sucker um, out? I like to go at it earlier, but a lot of it is more the watering of the tree, too. You want to make sure you're doing some more slow, deep watering. If it's sending up the roots to, up to shallow, it's searching for water. Oh. So what you want to do is more slow, deep watering, like... For your trees, like get a soaker hose around the drip line and just let it go, like for six, eight hours, sort of once a week. Get get the root. What type of tree is it? A mountain ash. Yeah, um, is it suckering right at the trunk or out? Um, it's it's I don't know, out a little bit. 
Yeah. A lot of that is just, again, maybe it wasn't planted at exactly the right height. Those are finicky. Like, they're like Schubert cherries. I have two in my front yard. One suckers like crazy because it was just, it wasn't planted deep enough. Mm-hmm. And the other one's perfect. Never a sucker. So, um, the, the mountain ash are very similar. It, it was probably just, it was probably planted a little bit too high. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to continue to get suckers. So, what I've done. Is on. I just dig down right close to the root, and I just try and cut them off. Okay. Um, that one's a little bit tougher. You might want to even put a bit of soil around it, like raise the, cut that off, and then put put two or three inches of soil. It's coming under a retaining wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's probably searching for. Uh, and mountain ash usually don't do that. So again, probably searching for a little bit of moisture. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank care, you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, mountain ash aren't really known. They do sucker right close to the trunk and things like that, but they're typically not uh, not uh, a suckering type tree. Okay, where are we at for time? I might as well should I might as well take a break right now, um, Brian, and then we'll uh, we'll just come back after the break for a little bit longer. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I'll give you a daisy, a daisy. I'll give you Welcome a back daisy, to Let's Stop Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I wanted to give a few things that we should be doing out in our garden right now. I've mentioned um, fertilize your flowers, like your perennials, um, all your potted, um, all your annuals in your pots. Sort of get them on a weekly um, fertilizer program and you'll see all the difference. Um, huge difference in how your flowers will perform for you. Give that once a fertilizer, either 20, 20, 20, or a 15, 30, 15 would be great. Getting close to the end where we can add the, for the fertilizer for the trees and shrubs. So right now is still a good time. And deadheading, any of your roses, um, your annuals, things like that. Make sure you deadhead in between, especially roses, things like that, and your annuals. You'll just, again, it, if you leave the flowers on there and they go to seed and they dry up, the plant thinks it's done its job, it's reproduced, it's done seeds. But if you remove them before they're done, I like to do it, I take them off probably a little earlier than a lot of people like to do. I like, as soon as they start curling in, turn a little bit, I, I cut all my blooms off and, and roses, things like that. Um, it just forces them to give you way more blooms. So um, now's the time to, to keep deadheading your annuals and your roses and things like that. Even lupins, I've cut them right down and I get a second batch of blooms on your on your lupins. And uh, getting, if you haven't done your second uh, shot of the fertilizer, the greening up for your lawn right now is a great time to do that as we're heading into the heat of the summer. You want to ensure that you get your roots down nice and deep, watered in well. And uh, you'll see a big difference going into the hot season here in Calgary, which uh, looks like we're going to have a little bit, which is kind of nice. And I'm going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I want to know how I can encourage my hydrangeas to grow better, taller and stuff. I have been putting Rage Plus on them and... I think it's helping them. Yeah, they also, they do like a bit more, um, like the 15-30-15, they really like that fertilizer as well. Okay, so should I then not put the... No, Rage Plus is fine, but you kind of do the Rage early in the season, 
And then I, I then about, about June, July, August, I continue on with the 15, 30, 15. Okay. And so how, how often? I, uh, once uh, every two weeks is lots um, sort of thing is more than enough. Okay. So last week on Thursday, just this past Thursday, I did Rage Plus. Can I go ahead now? I, no, I would leave it for another week or two. Let that get in there, okay. do it sing, get the roots going a bit more, and then you can hit it with... Uh, with the 15, 30, 15. You want to build the phosphate up in it so you get nice blooms. And and hydrangeas are one that people get a little bit leery of, especially in the spring. Like mine, I have a topier one, and honestly, I thought there was nothing left of it, right? I had a few little sprigs. It looked like a dead twig on there. And so I just cut it back to where I started seeing the green coming out. And honestly, like right now, it is so flush and it's just about to explode in blooms. So they, that's typically when they bloom, the sort of mid-July, when it starts heating up. Well, not mine, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, yeah. But I live in the country, and this garden faces west, and so it gets quite a blast. Yeah. Which is perfect for them. That really helps. But just make sure you have good soil or bark mulch to help hold the moisture. Like they're called hydrangeas. They like the water, like hydra. Like they Mm -hmm. do like to be a little bit moister. So, and any of those bark mulch helps a lot. So, okay. So I have a few varieties. I've got Annabelle and I've got Incredible. And I have. Oh, it's that little one that's quick fire, little quick fire. Yeah, yeah. And then I have the, what's that green one? Um, the green oh, the cloud. limelight? Limelight. Yeah. But they're so, they don't grow very big for me at all. So that's why I wondered. I don't know if it's the weather, like the cold that gets them or, um, but you're, I like it. Maybe. My, no, my limelight is slow too. Like honestly, my limelight in the it's on. Unfortunately, it's on the sort of east side, northeast side of my house. And I last year I probably had five hundred blooms, but I got hit with a ton of that because it's a later season um, hydrangea. Mm-hmm. So I got hit really bad with that September frost. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I had a lot of freeze dried. So these things died back like crazy. So I pruned them way back. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that I'll get something this year, but they, they aren't looking like they're producing anything yet because they're, but I'm only mid-July. Like last year, they didn't bloom till August, so I'm still hoping that they'll start pushing heavy right now, so. Mm-hmm. And and how tall did yours get? Um, They're three feet high. Oh, well, I went, mine is not, mine's probably 18 inches. Yeah, so again, just get some mulch on them. They do like the water, consistent water like that. And that helps with consistent watering is to put the mulch on there and okay. uh, and then you should be good to go. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I think I have time for one more. I'm just going to go up to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Merle. Hi. How my are you? sweet peas are awesome. They're just starting to bloom yesterday. I got my first two flowers. Awesome. Nice. But you know what I was going to say is I... I've been growing these things for years, and I got many, many of them now. And I noticed a little bit of um, discoloration coming in the middle of them because they're huge. Yeah. You know what it is? You need that water monitor out yep. all the time. Yeah. Because they were dry as a bone even after all this rain. And I've been watering and fertilizing. And, but, you know, I think I forget the growth. You know, you keep watering about the same amount. You don't yep. think because it's raining. 
and you think, oh, they're wet, they're wet. They were dry, 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 dry. Absolutely, well, because it rains a little bit, but it's not enough to get into the soil either, right? I Especially know. when your foliage, like on the sweet pea, there's a lot of foliage and a lot of blooms, right? They oh, take a I lot can't. of water. I can't believe how dry my plants were. You know, I go to all this work, and I've been growing you them should since really April. Look, um, even look at getting some of our greened up soil enhancement. And even mixing some hemp into your soil if you have some dry spots, okay. it really holds the moisture. It's it's phenomenal. Well, so. and the thing is with the monitor, like don't fool yourself by testing one spot. Oh yeah, no. Because in one <laughs> pot you can find five dry spots and five wet spots. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, you need a book or you need a web page with all this information that people keep giving yeah. you. Yeah. No, and I keep I keep talking about watering. I know in rain, especially with our soil. It's hard. So, but, but I, you know, sometimes we don't listen because you say, <laughs> "Well, water and then fertilize," and I think, "Well, I don't want to overwater, so yeah. I'm going to water that, one day." That's fertilize. hard to do here. But I got to go, Jerry. Unfortunately, okay. end of the show. Sunday's Thank you. Monitors. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. Um, till next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.